Hello and welcome to Social Media Weekly, episode 28th, July 2021. Social Media Weekly is brought to you by Virtual Palace Marketing, rehumanizing your marketing experience. My name is Sean. And I'm Jay. This week's news, YouTube working on live stream shopping. YouTube is launching a pilot test of live stream shopping with a set of creators. The feature will allow creators to run live streams and at the same time sell products that they have listed. Uh, this is in response to the rise in sellers using live stream to sell products, especially in the past year. Existing formats do not allow for merchandise catalogs to be shown automatically or payment be done. The other competitors like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, and Amazon have also introduced a similar feature. Uh, live stream shopping is a very, very big thing now. Yeah. I think, okay, this is how I see it. It was a big thing back in China many years ago. And it became a big thing in the rest of the world due to COVID. And we have people who would uh, buy anything from clothing to fish, uh, to livestock, live. <laughs> and it's, it's quite amazing. I mean, I personally will not buy something from a live stream because I don't have the time to sit through the whole thing for that person to like kind of auction off one unit of yeah, exactly. another. But I also understand that there are a lot of people. I have a lot of few friends who, who are religiously buying a lot of fish online. And the quality <laughs> is good. Products are good. Because one of the reasons why they say it's good is because they get to see the fish itself. They get to see the, the livestock itself. So it's not like, you know, they pack it up and you don't know what you're buying. So that is something that they like. And even with clothing, they get to see people try it on and, you know, kind of have a mini catwalk for you to, you know, see the products. And these are not expensive stuff. They're actually pretty cheap stuff. So I do understand why uh, e-commerce platforms or uh, streaming platforms also want to get on this. Yeah. Even for me, I, I realize a lot of, uh, especially for Facebook, you can you tend to bump into it quite often as well, especially mm -hmm. let's just say, uh, if you're in different different sorts of groups, like for me, I'm in like this buy and sell groups on Facebook. You can see all these live streams, and I and I noticed the engagement for it was it's remarkable. Um, and I understand why YouTube is actually uh, dipping their toes in it. And I think it's a it's a it's it's a very similar approach with uh, even I think we spoke about this uh, about TikTok last week. Uh, they're doing the similar approach as well. So I guess people like to see things live and they know for a fact because when they see it, it's lifetime and you know it's real. It's just the only difference is it's just a mirror right here. So I guess um, it's a good thing that uh, you. I, I'm actually looking forward to see how YouTube content creators are going to do live stream as well. Yeah, It's so going to be interesting is, though. So the thing is that um, the format that we have that, that we see in public now is that they would sell stuff and then they would bring these things up for you to see, right? So what YouTube and other platforms are starting to do now is that you create a catalog beforehand, like mm. a, a list of products beforehand. And when you talk about it, the, the viewer can actually swipe up from below the screen and be able to view all the products and they can commit to buy these products. Ah. So that brings in another layer. And imagine if they are able to put in the payment method as well. So when they sort in the payment method, they can immediately make payment. And then you have one person doing the live and you know showcasing the product and another person behind the scene who will be managing the payment of the products and they see all these things you know getting sold. And, yeah, it's and a, 
even they can check inventory way. too. Yes, they can check inventory. Mm-hmm. Like, like for example, um, you know, you have five of these items, and when people buy it, and then you know, it creates the urgency because you exactly. want it, and then the inventory starts to go less and less, and then you think, oh, should I buy? Should I not buy? Should I buy? Should I not buy? <laughs> it's, it makes it more desirable, you know. <laughs> like I want it too. <laughs> yeah. Only five things. <laughs> yes. But yeah. Um. Okay. So next. Uh. Clubhouse moves out of beta with all the rave that Clubhouse has been getting since last year. It is hard to imagine that the company is about to exit the beta mode. The platform is doing away with the invite-only format which helped it grow at a more controllable rate in the past. They have also finally introduced an official logo which is a waving hand that a user has grown accustomed to. Clubhouse has achieved 100 million Android, Android downloads since it, since it was introduced in May. They also brought, brought a back channel chat to the platform, which we actually talked about it last week, uh, and also uh, recently announced collaboration plans with the famous stage uh, TED Talk for more quality content. Um, yo, I'm, for me, I was shocked when actually when they announced that they had 100 million uh, Android users. Android just came in, I think, about not, not a month ago. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. So, and, and this is not even like all the users that want to be in there, you know. There are actually a lot exactly. of users that have been wanting to get invites, but they are on a waiting list because there are all not right. enough invites to go around. So now that these guys are going out of beta, and it's quite, it's quite surprising because um, at times like this, with, with an app that is growing so fast, it's so hard to imagine that they are still in beta for the past year. Yeah, exactly. And now that they're coming out of beta, they're going on a full version and you know, there's no longer invite only. So yeah, the crowd is going to start flocking in and um, it, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Just imagine if they have done this with beta and it, it, it became that good, you know. So I'm actually looking forward to see what other things that are going to be innovative, especially with Clubhouse. Because if you think about it, it's it's a more of a voice-centric platform. So essentially, it's just speech. And right now, they're coming with the backhand channel. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, what other innovative ideas that they have? But I do believe that uh, of all the innovative ideas that come out from Clubhouse, they need to kind of like thread very carefully between um, keeping to their core competency and also providing... Mm users with new features that will make life easier because I believe the competitors will try to use a lot of different stuff and kind of melt that whole audio and video together but Mm. Clubhouse thrives as an audio platform and if they start to let go of their identity and their core competency and also compete with others because others also have that feature then they lose their identity so it I think it's going to be an uphill battle for Clubhouse in my opinion Yep, yep. Next up, Spotify partners with Jiffy or Giphy. I think it's Giphy. I like to say Giphy, Giphy but people say Giphy. So Giphy, that's Giphy. Giphy sounds more cute. <laughs> Giphy. <laughs> Both platforms hope to introduce a series of Spotify linked GIFs that will take users to Spotify to listen to that specific music when clicked. In the demos, we can see some GIFs which are short clips from artists like Doja Cat or Doha Cat depending on which part of the world you're from. (laughs) The Weeknd, Post Malone, Nicki Minaj, and more. The idea is when users send these gifts to each other, recipients will be able to click on them, open Spotify, and listen to the music. So these gifts are quite cool. uh, Well, so gifts are actually 
short animated clips of videos, like maybe yep. one or two seconds, that is converted into an image format, which is GIF. So it's animated images. So what happens is that uh, you have all these artists who are participating in this GIF thing, right? And what they do is they create like, they cut like maybe some parts of the music video and turn them into GIFs. And when people change these, uh, send these GIFs around, the recipients can click on it and automatically be brought to Spotify and to listen to the entire um, music itself. So Spotify said that this is just part of a broader partnership plan with Giphy, which will bring more interactive listening experience to users. So we don't know what else will happen, but I'm pretty sure it, it revolves around these kinds of stuff. Like, you know, Giphy is focused on GIFs, Spotify is on music and podcasts. Yep. So maybe they collaborate with more artists and uh, creators to bring more uh, artists and created link gifts to, uh, to Giphy. Giphy to at one point of time, there, there used to be a big hype, I think before, like it was sometime before TikTok, especially with the short videos. Giphy was actually quite a big of a hype. Like uh, I used to send Giphy to everyone. <laughs> the skilled ones, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, I think Giphy has become the number one repository for GIFs. And uh, I think uh, all the Facebook GIFs you use on Messenger, Facebook, and WhatsApp and all that is all by Giphy. So they are the number one really. And it uh, makes sense to work with them. Yep. Good wanna, approach. Yeah. You, you want to cater to the young kids? That's the way to go. Yep. Even I, for me, I will be entertained by that as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's better than using emojis actually. <laughs> true true to be honest it's more interactive i would say <laughs> yeah all right next up snap announced the best quarter in four years at an earning earnings call last week snap ceo evan spiegel announced that the platform grew both in revenue and a daily active users at the highest point it has been in four years it has 293 million active daily users up to 23% since last year. After losing 82% of its growth since 2017, when Instagram copied their story concept, the company slowed, slowly clawed its way back to a revenue of 982 million in the second quarter of 2021. Factors that contribute to this rise were the increase in platform advertising due to the market recovery and also the increase in user base from the lockdown days. User base from the lockdown days, quite rhymey, right? <laughs> on top of that, the <laughs> on top of that, the company investment in AR managed to keep over 200 million uh, user engaged in the platform on a daily basis. Snap in March also acquired Fit Analytics, uh, a company that helps shoppers find their right size apparel and shoes online. Pair that with AR and you will get the perfect market fit for the company, I guess. It's nice what do you to think, see... Sean? What do you think about this? Do you use Snapchat? Honestly, no. I I've... Never, I, I, I've seen it before. I never used it. I never hopped onto the hype. <laughs> I used to be a very big Snapchat user. Um before the Instagram story days, that, that's about, I think, 2017. And after the Instagram story days, uh, because everybody started using Instagram stories, then I started using less of Snapchat. But Snapchat is good for its content. It has, yep. Yep. in all of um, the, the, 
the social media, right, all the social platforms, Snapchat was the only one who's able to properly convert to, to marry the length of a YouTube video with the stories format of Instagram stories in one. So you get to see a lot of creators creating daily content on stuff. Like, you know how fun stuff like um, top 10 things you didn't know about this artist, top five things oh. that happened, these kind of stuff, every day they have a lot of this content. And it's quite cool. It's, it's very fun to watch. And, um, and yeah, to me, Snapchat is, is those, it's from the ethical point of, not ethical, but from the moral point of view is that I feel Snapchat was uh, bullied quite badly by Facebook. Uh, and, you know, they had a very, very bad few years. And it's very happy to see that a company like Snapchat was able to bounce back uh, to announce the best quarter in four years. It, if you ask us like maybe two or three years ago, you will never believe that Snapchat can do this. Nobody had any, uh, uh, what's this called? Uh, thought, you know, nobody would believe that Snapchat can do this. Yep. Nobody had faith in Snapchat. Everybody at one point of time after Instagram came out with the stories and then it was, then eventually Facebook hopped onto it, WhatsApp hopped onto it. Eventually Snapchat just died out. Um, but one thing that actually, even though I'm not a Snapchat user, but one thing that actually captivated me onto Snapchat was their feature of to give information, especially when it comes to news. It was very interactive and it's very easy to read as well because at one point of time, I'm, you know, even though I have a smartphone and I don't have Snapchat, I'll just take my friend's phone like, okay, I just want to see what's the news on today instead of going on to Twitter because I like the visuals instead. So... <laughs> I, I, it's it's a really uh, it's a really good thing to hear that Snapchat is coming back. I think probably this time around, I think I might download Snapchat. I might. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one thing very important as well, because a few years ago, Snap invested in AR, uh, augmented yep. reality quite a lot. And they brought in a lot of all these Snap face filters that were eventually, again, copied by a lot of other companies. Yep. But uh, to be fair, they are still the market leader when it comes to these things. And everybody else is just copying and following, you know, what, what Snap is doing. And it's nice to see that these, this investment is finally starting to um, fall into place. And imagine, imagine, right, uh, with, a quite, uh, with the acquisition of Fit Analytics, if they're able to put these two functions together, like you can test a pair of shoes, a virtual pair of shoes on your legs, walk around before you buy to see if the shoes fit you. You can test cosmetics, the color of, um, of lipstick, foundation and everything on your face before you buy to see if it fits you. The clothing, all these things to see if it fits you properly. What size is good for you? Where's the cutting and which will fit and which will not fit, whether it works for you or not. And when if, if Snap is able to put this together, they will, they will be the leader in online shopping yep, compared I to have everyone to agree. else. I have to agree with that. Just imagine you just, if let's just say you want to use, you want to buy a new pair of shoes, you just look at it and just look at your feet, like with the sizing and everything, I guess. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's very interactive if you think about it. I don't think so. If let's just say you've, you're a chronic shopper, I don't think so you want to get off from that platform as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the biggest problem with buying clothing is, you know, buying clothing and cosmetic and stuff like that is that it's, quite customizable, quite customized, yeah. right? It's quite bespoke. It's like, yeah, the general sizes may work, but um, it, it won't work 100%. So if, yep. if they can close this gap, then that'll really help. So Snap, um, 
we, we know that we are not uh, very regular users. We probably won't fall under the daily active users, but we are staunch supporters of the underdogs and we believe that you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> Instagram testing TikTok style explore section. App researcher Alessandro Paluzzi spotted Instagram testing yet another feature that brings it closer to becoming a TikTok clone. In this tweet, he showed a screen grab of the Instagram explore section that looks exactly like a TikTok explore section in a way that they take each post, puts it and takes up the entire screen and instead of them being in the little box grids at this time. So it's just one one post per uh, one post that takes up the whole screen, like what TikTok, uh, TikTok's explore section works. Uh, so when you swipe up to the next, uh, when you swipe up, it will bring you to the next story or the post. If it's a post of a set of images, you can swipe left and right to see them. TikTok has always put more focus on discovering new content while Instagram users tend to engage more with people they are already following. So these are the two things very different with Instagram. I guess also because when Instagram came out, they were more focused on connecting with your friends, right? Yep. When TikTok came out, they, they, they don't have this your friends thing, right? Because it's difficult to find new friends on TikTok. So what right. they did was they focused the algorithm more on discovering content from people you don't know existed. Then now Instagram says, hey, that's a good, that's a good strategy, right? We want some of that. So now Instagram says, okay, now we're going to copy a little bit of TikTok stuff to see if it becomes more of a TikTok. Hmm. But you see, essentially for me, um, Instagram has Instagram has been copying a lot of things from TikTok. I noticed <laughs> recently. Yeah. But you have to you have to got you gotta admit if you think about it, like okay, TikTok has been has been not as long as Instagram, but it has flourished way much more than Instagram if you think about it. So I guess it's a very big competition among the both of them. Don't you agree? It's always the this is always the that uh, that story where the newcomer comes and disrupts the the incumbent, right? So the incumbent is so big and so slow right now because it has a lot of legacy problems to deal with, a lot of old users who don't like new stuff, they like things the way they are. And then this new one comes about, this new scrappy startup comes about, has no nobody has any expectations of them, comes up with a new idea and just sweeps everybody off their floor and you know, snatches the entire uh, new group of users. So that said, TikTok is growing, yep. but it's growing very, very slowly with among the, maybe the middle-aged people onwards because it's hard for them to, act, to understand the concept of TikTok. Whereas for, for young people, they start there, they, they are natives, they are like kind of TikTok native, right? they start there, they like it there. And for them to go to to Instagram, it seems a little bit too formal. Yep. All right. So, yeah. So, at the end of it, it's just a matter of that two ends of the spectrum. Just out of curiosity, Sean, are you a TikTok user? I used to be, but not anymore. I don't like the content on TikTok. So, that to be means honest. you. I think I'm too you old do for that. that. Did you do that? All that no. dance thingy? Like, <laughs> no. I, I can't see myself doing things like that for content. I, I think for me, content has to, for me, what I see as content is uh, I look at information and education. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't value me in these two things, I usually don't care about it. Hmm. So, so you can do your own TikTok mm. whereby you can integrate your dance and like put informations in there. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, if uh, 
I'm pretty sure VP is planning to to um to look for to to go into TikTok as one of the platforms. And I don't think I'm the person to do that. I think we probably need to find a, an expert in that field to come in and um, bring some um, competency. Yep. Yeah. Because if, if we want to learn everything all the time, it's very tough for us and we can never be good at anything, right? So might as well hire someone who's good at it and then you know, right. let them hit the ground running and be able to give some good content to our clients. True, true. I agree mm-hmm. with you on that. All right. So that's all mm-hmm. for Social Media Weekly this week. Social Media Weekly Podcast is available on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Our full videos are available on YouTube, and we post bits and clips on Instagram and Facebook. If you really like, uh, or if you just like Social Media Weekly, it would really help if you could rate and review it on a podcast video of your choice and YouTube, so more can discover it. Social Media Weekly is constantly on the lookout for a regular co-host to help us bring some depth to the show. If you're interested, simply drop me an email at sean, S-H-A-W-N, at virtualpeddlers.com. This is Social Media Weekly episode 28th, July 2028, 2021. My name is Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go Fast back forward, in time. Seven years. <laughs> back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Jay. Uh, I hope to see you guys next week. Take All right. Care. Take care. Bye.